Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? Welcome to Comics Comedy Club in New York City for a live what the fuck. How are you, what the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucking aughts? Welcome. That was an abrupt end to clapping. I ne- that was a, an extremely abrupt end to clapping, punctuated by a woman screaming, which is the only way to end clapping. Thanks for coming out, you guys. It's nice to see you. I, I, I asked them to stop letting people in at this number of people. Um, we had a few more on the first show, but that was just because I wanted more on that show. I wanted the environment to be a little different for this show. I prefer half a house. Um, I've been doing this a long time. And I just find that if I have scattered people spread out in a room, not congealed in an audience fashion, to where people can think their own thoughts and not actually function as an audience, that I enjoy it more. I'd rather just wonder what you're thinking as opposed to what I'm saying. Is everybody here for the right thing? Do you know why you're here, sir? You don't. Okay, the, it had to happen. I, I, I know you are, ma'am. That was clear with the screaming, and I appreciate that, but we got a great show. We've got... Uh, We've got Matt McCarthy here. We've, yeah, some Matt McCarthy fans. We've got the, the very special Reverend Jen. I don't know how many of you know Reverend Jen, but that is a real treat. Reverend Jen is a treat. Uh, we've got Louis Katz. Louis Katz is a Jew and a treat. Judah Friedlander will be here. And Jim David, Judah, yeah, from 30 Rock and from the hat and the sideburns. And, uh, and uh, who had Jim David, who is one of my favorite comedians ever. I, I spent the day trying to justify uh, my existence in New York by going to the Guggenheim Museum. I don't know if I've become too old to effectively appreciate art, or I just really don't give a fuck anymore. I, I mean, I'm not judging. I think it's important. Like, I sat there. I went, there's a, it's, it's called Haunted. It's, a, it's, it's about photography, and there's video, and there's photography, and there's uh, other things with that process. I can't get all heady about it. But I did. There were At the end of the exhibit, there were several screens that had 16-millimeter projectors projecting a video of Merce Cunningham, who I believe was a choreographer. Am I right, Gabrielle? Okay, uh, who at this time must have been 100 years old, sitting still, performing to John Cage music, which is just sort of like, John Cage music is like. (laughs) If you add vocals to that, you get Tom Waits. And I tried to appreciate all five screens of Mears Cunningham sitting still at age 100 while noise music was going on. And I, and I really tried to make myself believe it was important and essential. And then I realized, like, if you don't know who the fuck that is or understand the context, it's meaningless. Art should be for the people. <laughs> right? Fuck yeah. Like my friend Dima, right? The guy who did the poster for this show tonight, he made a people's artwork. And I'm, and I'm not being a communist, and I did enjoy some of the other artwork. I don't want to be condescending. We have Reverend Jen, who is a, Reverend Jen is an art star. We started to get, all, the, all of us started together on the Lower East Side doing alternative comedy before it was called that. It was, just, uh, it was just the Lower East Side. Those were the days, and I think that's what we can capture here tonight. These were, these were different types of shows. There was a show on the Lower East Side where a gentleman named Michael Portnoy, who you may know as Soy Bomb from the Bob Dylan video, that this, this guy was genius because he actually took the time to terrorize and make a statement at at the Emmys. Do you remember that? Where he took his shirt off and he danced around and said soy bomb on it, on on his stomach. But because Michael was who he was, he had no idea what it meant. He impulsively decided on two words when on national television, took his shirt off, danced around in, in an act of sabotage on the Emmys and did not prepare for interviews afterwards. People asked him what soy bomb was and he said, it's words I, that I chose. 
and he had to make up a meaning for it. That, that type of Dadaist irresponsible behavior I think is just wonderful. He was also the guy that uh, on one of the shows at Luna showed up in a Speedo and, and a hat and took his Prozac bottle out of his pocket, emptied all his Prozacs on the stage, stuck his dick in the empty pill jar and bowed. Those were the days, my friend. Huh? Back when art meant things. Because I can extrapolate meaning sticking your limp dick in a Prozac bottle. Can't you? It says a lot. Well, sure it was limp. I mean, what, you, how, you can't. What do you think? He got it up to fuck a pill jar? I'm going to have to give you a mic by the end of this show, sir. Let's read an email, perhaps. Wait, let me share one more thing. I, um, I've talked about this before, but I, there's something about New York when it's so hot and everybody's so sweaty and so tired and everybody just looks like they've, you know, they've, they're at the end of their fucking ropes. I just, it, yeah, it's, it's just great. Everyone looks like they've, they've given up. I just can't go on. The last time I was here, I was down on Houston Street, you know, taking in the Whole Foods. You know, saying, like, how did, who let this happen? <laughs> I know some of you shop there, and you can go fuck yourselves. You're not better than other people. That's all I'm going to say. Someday when this city falls, Whole Foods will be occupied by people that are starving. <laughs> and you won't be able to get your fancy cheese or your coffees or your salad bar. There'll just be angry homeless people in there going, <laughs> fuck you. But here's what I saw as I looked at the Whole Foods and thought to myself, my God, the soul of New York is dead. How did this happen? This used to be Shitsville. You wouldn't come down here unless you needed crack. <laughs> now you come down here for maybe some fancy meat. <laughs> and right as I was standing there thinking like the soul of New York is dead, I look across the street. There is a sweaty, angry man with no shirt, just standing there, screaming at the sky. I will fuck you in the ass. I will fuck you in the ass. And I thought to myself, the soul of New York is alive and well and beating in that man. He was going to fuck the air in the ass. That's ambitious. That's visionary. I defy you to find a Rimbaud poem that captures something like that so succinctly. Talk about art. I will fuck you in the ass, pointing up at the heavens. Thank you. Podcast, speaking of art and an alternative atmosphere, I don't even know if this is true. The gal that I'm seeing says it isn't but I'll let you decide because I thought it, I think parts of it can be. A flying WTF. Hey, Marin. I love when people think that's my first name. I'll take it from you people. <laughs> I guess I refer to myself like that though because everyone calls me that. Like people, you know, there's a certain, you know, intimacy that you have to have with somebody when, but I don't have that anymore because all you guys know me. You, if you listen to my podcast, you really fucking know me. My mother listens to my podcast to figure out what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> And when she saw, do you know I made, I'm not going to talk about it. I think I talked about it. It's gonna be <laughs> so you can call me that. You can say Marin. Hi, Marin. Love your podcast, man. Here's a WTF that happened just today. Due to my lazy attitude, I always find myself in summer school. <laughs> I guess you can call it that, lazy <laughs> attitude. Well, today this girl walks in and pronounces, hey, I'm going to get fucked up today. Anyone want some Adderall? So I say, Sure. And I take it, and the day sped by. I bet it did. So here comes the WTF moment. I have to ride a bike to this school, so I'm on my way home, and I see these crows on a telephone wire. I stare at them because I'm strangely fascinated with them. <laughs> the Adderall. <laughs> okay? So wait, okay. Two fly away, so I start moving again. And then I hear this flapping noise. Then a sharp pain on the back of my head. The fucking crow dive-bombed me in the head. I yell, what the fuck? The pain hurt, but the shock of this fucking crow pecking me was what made me yell. 
and it chased me for three blocks, pecking me as I tried to swerve and avoid this feathered fucking devil that seemed intent on killing me. I turned a corner to try and lose it, and it worked. I went a whole block without a single peck. Then I turned another corner. I see it sitting on a branch. This guy's in a Hitchcock movie. Wait. I see it sitting on a branch. It sees me and I try to turn around, but I drop my bike and the chain falls off. Fuck, I, I now have no escape. I have to stay and fight. <laughs> I take off my backpack and I look for a weapon. Nothing, empty. So I swing my limp backpack at this crow. It hits it and it falls to the sidewalk. I chuckle like a crazed murdering psychopath and then I stomp it into the sidewalk. I jump on its fragile feathered carcass until no longer even resembled a bird. I sat there and I took in its death, then took in another 10 minutes to fix the bike. <laughs> on the way home, I fantasized its trip to bird hell. Satan in the form of a huge raven going, dude, why the fuck did you even mess with that kid? Thanks a ton for the show, man. It keeps me sane in summer school. <laughs> Dude, why the fuck did you even mess with that kid? <sighs> Drugs and creativity. After listening to the whole Carlos Mencia and dance cook shit... He put a C in there. I, don't, I hope it was an accident. <laughs> I kind of like it, though. Dance cook shit. I came to the conclusion that drugs are to comedians what steroids are to athletes. <laughs> Do you agree? There is a time and place for all of that. Yes, I agree for a while, but then no. My first uh, guest is a very funny gentleman. You might know him from his uh, AMC show that I forgot. <laughs> but you recognize him. He's a bearded man. And, uh, and he's here to share some funny with us. Matt McCarthy, come on out. Hello. How are you, Matt? I'm wonderful. How are you? What's the name of that fucking show? Action Packed. Action Packed. But uh, that's not what it'll say on your TV guide. It'll just say whatever. Wonderfully action packed movie we're showing. Oh, so you're just like interstitial entertainment. Exactly. Oh, shit. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so, so, own back. So, like, so it's one of those things where people go, like, you, I recognize you from a thing. What do you do? And you say, I'm on Action Packed. And they're like, no, mm -hmm. I've never seen that before. Yep. I'm in between movies on AMC. Oh, fuck, you're that guy. Yep. You get that a lot? No, I never get that, actually. <laughs> okay, I'm a dick. People always know me from a uh, cable commercial I'm in. Yeah, the, that's the cable one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where the guy gets a good cable, and you're the guy going, yeah. womp, womp. Yep, and I'm like, I'm Brand X. Look how sad I make you. <laughs> are, are you proud? I'm content. <laughs> Okay, I'll take that. I'm working that. on the fulfillment part. Uh, what, how are you going about that? Well, this is a big step. This is a big honor for, for, for me. Oh, I have to thank you. Oh, well, thank you very for being here. I'm happy it's, to be a part of this. Nice. And this, this is something very exciting. I hope you realize how exciting that the show really is. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I do realize it's exciting. I, I have, uh, sometimes I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I don't know what your process is. That seems to be my process. Like when I'm yeah. in self-doubt, I get up, I go, I'm a fucking idiot. Why do I even bother? Why did I choose this career? Yeah. And then I realize in a very deep way, there's no turning back, Mark. So buck up, get on the horse and cry. I, <laughs> I realized years ago the only way to fail was to quit. <laughs> And, and that's the only choice we have. No it one's going to fire me. us. Yep. Did you ever think about that? Like, I've known very... Oh, comics, always. comedians don't quit. They just disappear. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I've been doing this, like, over 20 years, and you have these moments where you'll see somebody and be like, holy shit, where the fuck have you been? Yeah. I didn't even know you were alive anymore. 
And they are, or else they just they just disappear. There are some comics no one knows where they are. Oh, yeah. How do you how do you fucking quit? How do you? No one is going to fire you. I couldn't quit. They just stop talking to people. Yeah, yeah. It's All of a sudden, astonishing. You, they're like, "Hey, have you talked to blah blah blah?" I'm like, "No, is he alive?" Yeah, yeah. And then when you see him, you're like, "Oh fuck, you're still alive." Yeah. And then you hope they don't have a sad story. Well, what's <laughs> Well, the funniest part is they're, they're always, they'll sometimes hang around shows still. Oh, no. And you'll be like, are you going to do a set? And they're like, no, no. No, man, no. Oh, you should do some. You should do some of the old stuff. I'm like, ah. No. But yeah, it's really, you know, I, I don't know it, if this, we're getting into sad territory, but I want you to know. Right out of the gate. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. That, you know, we've chosen this profession, and it's okay to feel bad for the clown. I don't want you people to be sad. Some people had their run. They just don't know where to go anymore. I go to the comedy store. Do you remember Bob Altman? Does that name ring a bell to anybody? He used to do a bit called like, I'm going to eat a big butt steak. He used to do the butt steak bit. He was like the butt steak guy, right? And he used to do a thing. This is my dad pulling up his pants. Like, oh, I'm going to get you. And he'd like scramble his change and shit. All I'm saying is he's back doing it. <laughs> And you can either choose to be sad or you can say, like, hey, there's Bob. Does he have T-shirts that say the butt steak is back? <laughs> because See, I would buy one. You're a business guy. But only if it was a long sleeve and it went across, like, the butt steak <laughs> is back. You know what? You don't mind if I tell that to Bob, do you? Because I think that might light up his fucking, his, his, little, his little sad face again. Oh, my God. I'd be thrilled. Will you explain your T-shirt? It's Obama wearing a Mouseketeer hat. Which I thought would be an icebreaker. <laughs> well, it's sort of uh, in the middle, and it's uh, yeah. I, it, does it have a significance to you, or uh, is just that he's just another corporate whore that we didn't anticipate that would happen? But it turns out he is. That was my anticipation. Okay. I was shocked that people really they really went for it this time. I mean, he seemed like a cool enough guy, but he's still pretty cool, and, and, I, and he's got I some guess. stuff done. He got some stuff done. You know what I mean? I I didn't have insurance, you know, and now everyone's gonna have insurance. My yeah, but don't we have to pay for it? Isn't that the deal? Why do you got to shit on everything? <laughs> it's like, that's my understanding. I don't really, I try to avoid politics in general just because it, 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 it's, I think it's all. But you are wearing a shirt with our president with mouse ears on. That is not avoiding politics. That is making politics confusing. Well, I knew how I, knew how I was going to talk to tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your beginnings in show business, and maybe mm -hmm. this will people give a, a, a deeper sense of who you are. How did okay. you start? Um, I attribute it to um, being fed up with my friends telling me to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's in everything I've done. When I started doing stand-up, that was the case. When I really started performing was when I was the mascot at Fordham University. Oh, so you Anybody were... else? Oh, a lot of you. So what, what, what sweaty head were you stuck in? I was the ram. I had a big... Big furry. I was a six-foot ram with hooves and horns, and uh, I couldn't see out of it. And I would step on little kids and not know. Like I would see a parent looking down. That, I, that, I knew that that was a bad sign. When some dopey yuppie was like, "Ooh," I was like, "Ah." Oh, so child. you were the scary mascot. You were like I, the drunk mascot. Yeah, like I smelled it. The equipment manager hated me, so I smelled something awful, awful. And people would say it to me, and I would hug them. It was more fun being the bad guy. Like, it was more fun being the antagonist as the mascot, I realized. I guess I realized just in performing in general, yeah. that's what I like doing. Yeah. But the, when the away team would be there, I would go over to their side and be like, you don't like it, do you? <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't. I would say with my body. Yeah. Um, and everyone else was saying, look at the fucking idiot in the ram suit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he smells bad. <laughs> The Dude. best experience, yeah. though, was when we were at, uh, against St. John's mm. at Madison Square Garden. We yep. somehow Fordham won. Their victory bell has been rusted since the 50s. <laughs> yeah. And when I went back, and I went nuts. I was on my game. I was dancing like a madman. And when I went back into the uh, backstage area and I took the head off and I was just throwing some water in my face, a Hispanic custodian walks up to me and says, Damn, that was you dancing in that ram suit? You dance so good, I thought you'd be a black kid. <laughs> so that was the... The, the greatest compliment of my life. Yes, Mark. <laughs> Matt McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen.
This woman uh, had a, tr- a profound influence on me, and I adore her, and she's a, an art star and a genius. Please welcome Reverend Jen to the stage. Hi. Hi. Here, sit here. Look at you. You always make me happy. Hello there. Hi, Reverend Jen. Can I call you Jen? Please call me Rev. Okay, Rev. Can I move this towards you? You're one of these people like, you know, like Maria Bamford and Janine that I just feel like somehow helping. That's great. Can you give me an envelope of money? Yeah, I can give you an envelope Good. of money. Do you want to tell everybody about the anniversary? Sure. Today is a special day. It's the eight-year anniversary of my chihuahua and I being together. And what's the chihuahua's name? Reverend Jen Jr. Okay. Yeah, she is the healthiest relationship I've ever had. She's obviously not allowed in here because of health codes and things, but she's chilling. She's like lying around like a beach whale listening to Pink Floyd. It's all good. Your chihuahua listens to Pink Floyd? Yeah, she's very mellow. (laughs) And these elf ears are new? They're brand new. I got them this afternoon around 2 p.m. at Halloween Adventure from some surly goth kids. <laughs> That's They're, who works at Halloween Adventure? Yes, yes. <laughs> who else works in Halloween Adventure? You're like, all right, get a discount on fangs? I'll work, I'll work for seven twenty-five an hour. I tried to get a job there. They wouldn't actually hire me. Why? I don't know. I tried to get a job at Woolworth and Kmart and Halloween Adventure. <laughs> Not fit for any of them. I what did they think? They saw me in the Elfiers and went, shoplifter. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, are you still doing sex advice columns or does that Not happen? Not really. I used to write a, you know, as you well know, a sex column for Nerve.com that became this book called Live Nude Elf, which uh, my publishers dropped the option for my next book, so maybe if you buy more copies, they'll change their mind. But now I write for Penthouse. It was always a childhood dream. Actually, it was a childhood dream to write for Playboy, but Penthouse is all right. What do you write... (laughs) <laughs> I always preferred it. It was dirtier sure. when I was younger. They showed uh, pubic hair. Is it still dirty? Isn't it really dirty it's now? Like, like, isn't it's not dirty. Aren't it's there like, cocks and stuff in there now? No, there are no cocks. No cocks. It's there was a, a gun, single, though. They had a gun. I just saw a gun. Guns. Not guns. A single, no cocks. Not a single cock. But I want to draw your attention to this playmate who's dazzling and mm-hmm. got a lot of lip gloss on. At one point, she claims she has an elf ear. I have to correct you. They are pets. Sorry, they're playing. Oh, Oh, thank you. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) They're going to fire me tomorrow. I'm I'm glad you didn't let that go by. I'm not kidding that she says she has an elf here. Oh, yeah. um, Da 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 da. Favorite vacation spot? No. Uh, What do you have that other girls don't? An elf here. My left ear is kind of pointy and cute. I've never been more jealous of anybody (laughs) in my entire life. Say it right now. What did you write for Penthouse? Well, I wrote, well, my most recent article, which hasn't appeared, is about how these scientists in Austria isolated a compound in semen that has anti-aging properties. So I should be rubbing it on my face? Well, no. No, no, it needs an active. Because I usually just throw it away when I'm done. I know, I know. I brought my notes I always, about it. So after I finish jerking off, I should just go... Well, no, see, and be proud of it. I did a lot of research. Do you have dry, do you have dry or oily skin? <laughs> I, the, my my skin's not dry or uh, it's oily. Combination. It's, it's just right. You'll want to use the semen in your T zone if it's combination. Um, no, I mean, I, I made some notes. You know what's fucked up about this? I, of, I will do this. Yeah, no, I know you will. <laughs> I want to hear all about it. I. While researching, heard all about it from like a million people who blogged about apparently drinking semen, putting it on their face, et cetera, et cetera. All I could think was like, yay, because I can't afford Botox. 
And I'm turning 38 in three days, so if you want to get me a birthday present... Oh, wait, that didn't come out right. Um, so, wait, you're saying if you want to get me a birthday present, come on my face? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, but here's what I'm saying, basically. Easy, fella. Here's what I theorized in my article. If the secret to longevity is as easy as just taking a load in the face, I actually think the human race is going to die out because no one will ever have vaginal intercourse again. It's just going to be like, oh, God, I feel so old. Come on my face. <laughs> no one will ever procreate again. My theory. Yeah. You still I, you still live in the apartment, right? With the, I, with the troll museum. No, I had two. So I live in a troll museum. Did you? She has hundreds and hundreds of troll dolls. Yeah, you can judge, but it's spectacular. No, now. Like, what do you do? Now you're just. <laughs> <laughs> what but, defines you? Look at this woman. Now, you're gonna you're gonna condescend. <laughs> Yeah, there was silence there. But now you're making it sound like I just have a lot of trolls. There are a lot of people who just have a lot of trolls. Oh, that I is have true. a troll museum. Yeah. Is it I, open to the public? Kind of. As long as you don't have children, you can come and visit. <laughs> so they can go, like, if they Facebook you or something? Yeah, basically, RevGen.com. You can find the Troll Museum. And you email me. I kind of screen you. If you appear to be an intellectual without children, you're invited. <laughs> what are you afraid of with the kids? They're annoying. I'm afraid of being annoyed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm more scared of being annoyed than I am of like natural disasters, per to be perfectly honest. Because <laughs> I just think like one more annoyance, I'm fully going to break and end up in the loony bin. Have you been there before? Um, I voluntarily went there. I had my brain... Like, I was a, when you volunteer to have your brain scanned and everything else, yeah. I did that. For what? So, oh, I spent some, for six months of free therapy. I never had therapy before because I couldn't afford it. Did you go in your ears? No, because that would have gotten in the way of the PET scan machine. <laughs> well, um, it's certainly great to see you, Rev. Nice Jen. to see you. Thank you, Reverend Jen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> This guy's a very funny fucking guy. He's got great jokes. He's, uh, he's interesting. He's a Jew. I like him. He's, he's written for projects we did on Break Room. Louis Katz! Hi, buddy. Hey, man. How's it going? I'm pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm great. Is it okay? To be you? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Today it's been good. It's hot, but it's good. I met you in San Francisco, right? Originally? Yeah. The first time we met, I think I gave you a ride to a show. And how was that for you? It was pretty cool. You wanted to stop at a cigar shop. You were smoking cigars at that time. Oh. I played a... I knew you liked the Stones, so I had the Stones playing, but I don't yeah. even like the Stones that much. It was just a kiss up to you. I don't like them that much. Well, that worked, I guess, because I, I seem to like you. Because I've been in many first-ride situations where I've thought, like, that guy's a fucking idiot. And, and I didn't have that experience with you. I, I, you persist in enabling me to like you. Oh, well, thanks. That's really now nice. be funny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is, that, is that like your nightmare? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's like meeting everyone for the first time when I tell them a stand-up. Be funny. Yeah, you did that to me right now. <laughs> Like a relative. It's oh, that's the fuck. Isn't that the fucking worst when mm -hmm. people are like, "So you're a comedian," yeah. and then they do that weird beat. Say something funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're like they're taking you in. So you, you do it. You're a comedian. <laughs> and then like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know, I don't have to fucking appease you. Do you say that? I don't have to fucking appease you with my face. Watch. Right. Like how? What do you? Watch, like, so you're a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? Uh, <laughs> you say it like that. You say it that angry? Sometimes. Like the, with the no smoking thing or the no nicotine. I haven't smoked in a long time. I, I, I can't, I don't know, I, don't, I can't regulate the tone as much. Yeah. You know, I could sort of like, like, like I, could, I could say this to you. Like, what's up, man? <laughs> right? And, and think I just said, how you doing? You, you know, that kind of. 
So did you do a, a one-man show? Did I read that? Yeah, yeah. I just did that in uh, in San Francisco. I just debuted it. Three nights sold out. Really? Yeah, sold yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Where well, at? Where theater. It's very small theater. So, very uh, small theater. It's sold out. <laughs> it's about this big, yeah. right here. It's totally sold out. How, how many people? Seriously. It was like 75 people a night. That's good. That's oh, good. Yeah. And were they mostly your friends? or? No. What the cool thing was is... That's an honest question. Cause you, know, no, you haven't heard of me. No one's fucking heard of me, right? Do you all come to see me or you come see Mark? No, no one's heard who I am. So uh, the cool thing was I was with uh, J.B. Smooth from... Uh, he's funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's an oddball. Yeah, he's a crazy... He's really nice, too, though. He's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was with him two weeks before at the punchline. Got the mailing list there. And then when I did it two weeks later, my own show, everyone came out after I featured him there. So it worked out perfect. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so what's yeah. it about, this show? It's called Kicked in the Balls of My Heart. Yeah. Kicked in the balls of your heart. Yeah. That sounds like something I could relate to. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a lot a like you with all these fucked up women situations, except I'm not stupid enough to marry any of them. <laughs> you like that, huh? I really wonder what our relationship is based on sometimes. I, I've, my fans get such a thrill when you, when you kick me in the balls. I'm, see, I'm not... I know people get a lot of points for coming out here and trashing you. I have, I have nothing but nice things to say about you. You've been very nice to me. No, no, I, 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 and I'm glad that they enjoy it because I, I enjoyed hearing that. I actually like when people do that to me. Oh, well, all right. I'll Lewis Katz, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, all right, so why don't you help me out now? I'm, I'm in a relationship. I have just, don't marry the next one. That's all I can okay, say, man. Right. I don't got my advice. I've done that. I've made the same mistake, maybe worse mistakes. I've had horrible. Like horrible what? Mistakes. Well, there was one time, this wasn't even in the show. I've had, I should have learned my lesson after things on the show. This was one time I met this girl. I was in Portland doing shows. You ever do shows up there? It's already a great story. Portland yeah. girls got to be like fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I do. I do like. It's the one place I still do really weird one-nighters. Yeah. Where I don't know if you guys know what one. It's like a places where there's not. It's not a comedy club. It's just they make comedy be in a place. Right. And Seventy-five dollars. Yeah. You drive forty-five minutes. Well, I was flying so, to get. You there. flew to well, one-nighters. I did a string of one-nighters. There's this guy named Andre Paradise, uh, and he. How can those be bad gigs? Yeah. Well, all right. Well, first of all, he pays. He pays. That's okay. the good part. The bad part is like one night I'm in this place called. Club Platinum, which you have to drive two hours through a cornfield to get to Club Platinum, so it's not very platinum. Uh, he sells bootleg DVDs on stage before he brings me up. There's a stripper pole in the crowd, not even on the stage, so I don't know how that fucking works. And the credits he gives me are, he says, uh, this is really how he brings me up, he, sa he gives me all these credits that I haven't been on, TV shows I haven't been on, then he says, uh, I'm managed by Dave Chappelle, which I didn't know. What? Yeah, wait, wait, and, and I'm Woody Allen's son. He actually says that on stage. And he, that's how he gets people to come, because no one knows who the fuck I am, and afterwards I have to sign fucking, uh, like, autographs, like, you're really a son? I'm like, yeah, but not, not from Mia Farrow. I don't really like to talk about it. Like, I play it off like that. And uh, you actually played along? I do whatever it takes. I need this gig. I need people to come and see me. Who the fuck is going to see me? No one's heard of it. So people are like, what, what's your favorite movie or your father's? I'm, I, I say we have a bad relationship. You know, I say, oh, well, first I'll say Annie Hall, but then I'll say we have a bad relationship. You know, I mean, I know how to play the game. You know, I, mean, I, know, I know how it works. Um, but the, the, the other cool reason I come up there is because I got a buddy named Pedro up there. Yeah. And me and Pedro, we, uh, I, write, I go up there to write lyrics with this buddy, my Pedro because he's a Brazilian dude, a friend of mine. Right. And anyway, this was another time we weren't writing lyrics. We were actually filming a video and I filmed a video with this um, where it's like basically me telling jokes to the camera and a stripper's uh, uh, doing kind of a lap dance on top of me while I'm telling jokes. And, uh, it's our, what? What is that? Is that? Thank you. I think it's kind of a good idea, right? No? I liked it. I don't know. Uh, well, a good idea for who? For me, this is the cool thing about making videos is you want something to happen and then it fucking manifests, man. I wanted a stripper to give me a lap dance and I sat and she gave me a lap dance all afternoon and I had a product from it and there was jokes and it was funny. Yeah, how'd that sell that product? What? It's on YouTube, man. Yeah, how's it's it big on YouTube. Is it big? I'm talking like eight, nine thousand hits. It's huge. <laughs> just fucking. <laughs> and the stripper was nice, whatever. And then I'm in Atlanta and I get a call from her. All I did was work with her that day, and she's like crying. And I hadn't even talked to her in a few days. Really, like, a troubled stripper. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> Most of them are kind of. 
That is the fucking weirdest part of this story. <laughs> Out of nowhere, a crazy stripper calls you crying. What the fuck? Am I right? Okay, so go <laughs> And she's crying, and I talk to her, and she's like, uh, uh, she's like, I'm like, what's wrong? I can tell something's wrong. She's like, I just, I just, uh, I just quit heroin. Well, it's, it's, it's poor, for, for the eighth time. Uh-huh. Uh, and you're her go-to guy for this. I, I don't know why. Like, I, we just met the other day. I don't I, know I why. I got an idea. Money. What money? I'm playing at Club Platinum. I'm sleeping <laughs> on my friend's fucking floor. What are you talking about? All right, so how does it play out? So uh, I was actually going back to Portland a, uh, a few days after that. So, uh, so this is a romance. We set up a date for that Monday. I was sold. <laughs> Quit heroin for eighth time. Let's do this. I and, can fill your god hole. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> we go to meet up, and it's kind of weird, small talk and stuff like that. And I'm like, just, I try and break the ice. I'm like, how was, how was your day? What did you do today? And she says, oh, I spent all day... Uh, icing down my pussy after all the fucking that I did. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever heard something that's so dirty it it's becomes unattractive in a way? It's like, it's kind of hot and kind of makes me want to run away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I... Uh, <laughs> I wrote in a Starbucks. You know, like, I don't know. And uh, we go in the room, we're making out a little bit, and I look over, and I... <laughs> And I said, is that the ice pack? And she's like, yeah, that's the ice pack. And it was sitting there. It's that blue gel shit, you know what I mean? The kind of shit you got to save. They can freeze and save you. She had that. And then when I saw the ice pack, it became too real. And I was like, (laughs) fuck it. You know, we're waking up. I'm like, I don't feel good. She's like, I don't feel good. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. Yeah. So then I'm in Portland. And then uh, my buddy Pedro actually leaves town. He goes back to Brazil. um, And then I'm in Portland by myself, which Portland's cool for a couple days. Yeah, but that's weird. yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to call her. Her phone's not working. And I'm in Portland. I'm bored. I'm depressed. I can't reach her. And the only thing that's saving me is that at the end of the week, Attell is going to be there. Yeah. And he's uh, headlining a theater. Thank God. So I go to see him. He lets yeah. me in for free. He gets me backstage. It's awesome. Uh, Kelly Price, who's really funny, is, is opening for him. And afterwards, he takes us all out to dinner. Attell, besides being super funny, super generous, he buys us like, this amazing steak dinner, all these fucking sides. And I've been eating like on a budget. I'm making that club platinum money, so I've been eating like cereal every day. So I'm fucking eating all the sides and going crazy on the steak after not eating for a whole week. And then all of us decide, he's like, I want to see some strip clubs. I'm like, well, I know all the strip clubs now. I'll take you around. And, uh, and on the way to the strip club, I'm like, I'm not feeling... If you ever like, kind of don't eat a lot for a while, and then you see a lot of free food and you eat a lot, it's like, oh, fuck, you know? And look, lucky Portland's like right on a river, so I'm like farting and no one's noticing, you know what I mean? But I'm like, I'm like oh, fuck, I don't feel good. And we go to the strip club. I walk in with Attell and Kelly Price and her sister. And I walk in, and who's there but the stripper I met earlier. She basically gets up almost from the middle of a lap dance, butt naked, and runs and gives me a big hug. I'm like, how cool is this? This looks super cool. And like, I introduce her to Attell and Kelly. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. I got to go to the bathroom. I just want to go to the bathroom. I just want to check, do kind of like a, like a rewipe. You know what I mean? Just to check. To see. Because I don't know if it was sweat or like what. It was just kind of, it was a little... You know, so I went in there to check. I do the rewipe. I'm good. And uh, <laughs> as soon as I step out of the bathroom, uh, the, s- the security guard's like, you and all your friends gotta go. So they kick me, Attell, Kelly Price, all of us out of the strip club. Apparently what he thought was, because I, I was doing the rewipe standing up, uh, it looked like I was doing coke. Like I was just in the stall to do coke. But I couldn't, and I didn't know that until we got kicked out. I couldn't be like, I was just wiping my ass. I ate too much steak and sides. You know, I couldn't tell them that. But then, luckily, apparently, uh, the stripper told uh, Kelly and Dave that uh, she wanted to join us. So then she gets dressed real quick, and she comes out. So now I'm showing a tell around to strip clubs with my own stripper in tow. You know, it's fucking, like, awesome. And at first, uh, the stripper wants to go to this dance club. Yeah. And, uh, like, also, I'm talking where it's cool. I'm fucking at the strip club. And then I'm like, oh, i got to drop this right now. i got to go to the bathroom. So I rush the bathroom. It's a club with, like, a one. There's only one unisex bathroom. I'm in there fucking blow it up like I just tear it up there's people like banging on the door like banging on the door I'm just like fucking fuck it I just gotta do this I come out there's literally a line of ten hot girls waiting there like literally ten that's and I a nightmare I say to the one of the I'm like I wouldn't be in such a rush to get in there if I was you I said to one of the girls I get out uh, Attell's like look I got an early gig tomorrow we gotta go so Attell goes home with Kelly and then I'm like, all right, I'm still with the stripper. I'm like, oh, so you want to hang out? And she's like, oh, I think I'm going to go back and try and make some more money. And then she left, and then I went back to sleep on the floor of my friend's apartment, and I was in bed by before 11. <laughs> and, then, and then I was woke up the next morning 
to get a phone call that my grandma died. <laughs> and I'd like to think that it was my grandma's like last effort was to like reach up the coast and give me these horrible stomach problems so I wouldn't fuck the stripper. Uh, but joke's on you, Grandma. I'm still in touch with her on Facebook. And I'll go... <laughs> Louis Katz, ladies and gentlemen. My next guest you know from 30 Rock and you know from hats and hair and his general essence. Please welcome Judah Friedlander to the stage. World champion, Judah Friedlander. Look What's at this up, fucking guy. Doing, Look at you, man. What's up, man? How you I'm doing? I'm good. good I can't stay that long. Place. I got to get to do some one-nighters in Portland, so I can't <laughs> stay that long. So I just got a few minutes, man. When you go out now, though, do people know you? Do they come in to see you? Are they excited to see the world champion? Do they know the real me? I'm not. Uh, I'm a little, I'm yeah, a, yeah, no. I, do I get recognized? Yeah. Yes. You do? Yes. And, th- and what do people say? All kinds of shit. For instance... What's up, champ? (laughs) Hey, Jonah Hill, good to meet you. (laughs) This is a good one. This is my best getting recognized incorrectly. I'm going to the Emmys two years ago. Yeah. Security, it's fucking chaos. People everywhere. Security guy stops me. It's like, dude, dude. I just want to say, man, I'm a huge fan of yours, man. I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm not in Lord of the Rings. And he's like, oh, fuck, I thought you directed that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And then one time I'm walking through Washington Square Park yeah. late at night, and some drunk fucking Wall Street dude wouldn't have beat me up because he thought I was Michael Moore. <laughs> It's like, you fucking left-wing motherfucker, man, with all your fucking shit. I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Did you say I'm the world champion? Can't remember what I said to him. I've known you a long time. This, this is sh- the first time we've ever talked to each other using microphones, by the way. And this is probably the closest we've ever talked to each other. The only so time we've weird. ever talked was in I've a car. Known you probably 17 years. Yeah. And that happens a lot on the show. But I have no beef with you. you have I have beef no with beef me? with you. I'm a big fan of yours. Man. I'm, I'm a, I'm I tell a... people all the time, you're the fucking man and check your shit out. Thank you. I just told a hot chick on Facebook in, in Hungary to check you out. That's all I need. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get a Facebook message from her yeah. requiring no, me to no, marry she's her. Cool. No, she's, no, she's cool. cool. She goes out with some rock star Hungarian dude. So. Oh, okay. It, no, but she was looking at some comedians... I can't remember who it was. It was a British comedian. Yeah. I don't know if the... Uh, and, and then she was saying, oh, they're so good. I'm, and I looked at him. I'm like, this is fucking terrible. You know, because... Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but they're political. I'm like, social commentary. I'm like, look at Mark Maron. You know, mm-hmm. look at that. And then that, that'll, be, that'll be a good fucking did you, show. Did it. she get back she to you? She loved it. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So I got a fan in Hungary. Yep. That's what I do, man. I try to increase your audience fan base in Hungary, one hot chick at a time. Have you been overseas? No. Okay. I'm American. All right. The world champion is American. Overseas people come to me. I think the last time we talked for real was in a car driving in your van with your brother. Is that possible? I don't, I don't remember my brother being there, but I remember... I think I gave you a lift from the West End Gate, which was this yeah. comedy room Har- on Fridays and Saturdays yeah. right up by Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Down, uh, downtown. You know, yeah. You just had a fucking, you had a really good set. And I right. you're like, that was a hot set. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> but that was before crowd. the world champion. That was pre-world champion, yeah. I was still in training. Yeah. Still in training, <laughs> How did this evolve, Jude? I mean, this is a real because this is a big thing. Straight for you. up, you yeah. know. Well, you know, I play off the crowd a lot, you know, and uh, everyone. It seems like years ago, you know. I mean, I started in '89, and it seemed like, you know, everybody. And still today, it's mostly that way. But every comic would try to bond with the audience and be like, "Hey, you ever go here? Hey, me too." And you yeah. know, and try to make this connection. Yeah. And I decided to go the opposite fucking way. Right. You know. Right. You know, I don't have to bond with people. Right. I can bond with them by doing the opposite of bonding. And 
it started where I used to do this one, you know, because I do, I do several shows a night. I do a lot of shows yeah. pretty much every night. You yeah. know, I try to do, you know, yeah. two to five shows a night every night. Right. And uh, so some of the shows I would go to, I would go to this one room, and it was called Hamburger Harry's. Sure. On 45th Street right. uh, by Times Square. You remember that, Matt? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I used Gladys. to go there. Yeah, Gladys used to run it. And I used to go there and just do nothing, no jokes from my act. Just go there and just work the crowd. And, uh, and I decided to take that angle, you know, of, of not bonding with the crowd, of acting like I'm better than the crowd. And... <laughs> And then one of the ways, uh, because one thing about New York, yeah. especially tourists, you can be the toughest fucking guy yeah. wherever you're from. You come to New York and you just turn into a pussy looking at big buildings and you're lost and you're getting confused. So it was like an opportunity to like really be so much better than everybody and just fuck with people. And then also, and then it goes back to even to my childhood, because when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with world records and breaking world records. When I was eight years old, you know, I wanted to break the pogo stick record. And I remember being eight years old and on the street, and I have a pogo stick, and I went an hour straight without missing, not falling off. And then I think the record was like eight hours, and I was like, fuck this, this is too boring. I could do it, I proved it, I did an hour straight, but fuck it. I wanna watch the six million dollar man, you know? And then, so, so it kind of came from those two kind of angles. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I make all my own clothes. I, I, I never understood wearing clothes, paying money, and then you wear a shirt that says Adidas. So you're advertising for them and you're fucking paying them. It's like you, they should be paying you to wear their fucking label if you're right. advertising. So I decided to make my own shit. And I come from an art background and stuff, so I started making my own shit. And then... Uh, same time years ago, I don't know, this is 10, 12, 15 years ago, I started doing j different jokes about breaking world records. Right. And I made my own hat that said record breaker. And then one day I thought it would be funny if I uh, came up with, made a hat that said world champion, but, but not of what? You know, so it's like a really shitty bragger, basically. <laughs> you know, a guy is like, hey, he's world champion, and not as what. And then the fact that it doesn't say of what... And since I like doing a lot of crowd work, it immediately draws the quest, the audience in saying, well, what the fuck are you world champion of? You know, so it, it kind of, because I view comedy more as a, a dialogue than a monologue or a combination of both. Right. So it, it, was a, it, was, it was sort of a planned thing, sort of not a planned thing. And, you know, it's something that's still evolving. And, you know, I probably, just world champion, I don't know, probably eight, nine, eight, nine years, ten years. And well, then... I but it's always changing and shit. What, what, what do you think it, it, what's next for the world champion? Well, the, recently it's been more about karate. I've been talking about karate. <laughs> and I have my own instructional karate book coming out. No. Yes, I do. It's, it's called How to Beat Up Anybody. And I'll teach you how to beat up anybody. Dinosaurs. Uh, Holy ninjas, shit. Do you know foot. karate? Of course I do. I'm the world okay. fucking champion. Too. And then uh, I didn't have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned it when I was uh, 13. I was in federal prison in China for a crime I didn't commit, and uh, that's where I picked shit up. Uh huh. But uh, and then it's also been working more on uh, October 5th in stores. How to beat up anybody? Check it out online now for pre-order. Judah Friedlander, the world champion. It's my friend Mike Weiss. He worked on a lot right here, right over here. Right Mike over Weiss. Here, right over here. Mike he looks off. like he'd be your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm so is. glad your friends match you. That's, what, that's how it fucking works, Mark. Do, like, and you've known him a long time, right? Yes. How long? Since 89. So tell me about this 30 All Rock American thing you're doing. You. What's that? Tell me about this 30 Rock show. 30 Rock, well, yeah. it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's a job, and it's a show, and it's fun. You having a good time? Yeah, for the most part. And you I just mean, you got cast on it? doing it. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, when I, I never wanted to do a sitcom. Right. I avoided sitcoms for years. You know, mm -hmm. I did, you know, I've been doing stand-up comedy since 1989. But you did a lot of independent film. Like, I've done about 25, 30 movies, which I like. You know, you usually work anywhere from one day to two months. You're in, you're out. You have an exit plan. I didn't even know that was you in the wrestler. I was in the wrestler. I know, yeah, but I didn't yeah. even know it was you. And I saw that movie like three times, and you didn't look. That's, you didn't have well, the world champion was, hat. That's what I was trying to do. That's called acting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing myself. I'm playing a character. 
I didn't want anybody to know it's I, me. I guess I you know, walked I'm right into that. The, the role. Yeah, uh, just you, I walked right into that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great experience doing that movie. It, it yeah? Fun, yeah. To work with uh, Mickey? Mickey, it was weird. I'm a huge fan of his. And I did two days on that movie. And I play an old friend of his. We're, we're old buddies. And uh, I did two days. Each day was about two weeks apart. And both days, I don't know if he ever knew who I was <laughs> or who my character was. <laughs> I don't think he had any fucking idea what was going on at all. But he's awesome in the movie. And I think he's the best physical actor I've ever worked with. Yeah. What made you think that he didn't know what was going on? Dude, it's pretty fucking obvious he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> It was pretty obvious. But he's brilliant in the movie. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with acting. Sometimes, you know, it, it's better to, to, to not be, to, to not overanalyze things. You just fucking show up and be real, you know? I, I, know, I know I do that in my life. Me too. I know, but I don't have a hat. Yeah. I can make you one, Mark. Thank you. What, what would it say? That's, I got to think about that, man. <laughs> I gotta think about that, man. Um, I'm so glad you're doing well, though. And, you know, I've known you a long time, and, and uh, you've stuck by your guns. And, and Thanks, I, man. And yeah, it's not easy. People are always yelling at you to change your shit. I remember people for years going, you'll never get on Friends with long hair. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking get on Friends. You know, they're like, you'll never get a job wearing glasses, wearing a hat. And then those same fucking people five years later are like, hey, uh, where do you get your hats, man? I want to wear hats, man. <laughs> Well, you got a good gig because it's a it's a smart sitcom. People well, respect th it. Doing yeah. Thirty Rock's great, no complaints at all. The only thing that's weird for me is is that commitment factor. Yeah, you know, you sign a six year contract, right, to make know, money, and then you, you know you don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's different. It's kind of like going back to school. You know, it's like except you get paid. Yep, you do get paid. There's a big yeah. difference. That yeah, analogy. But it's NBC. They don't pay what they fucking used to pay. Oh, now so. you're gonna complain? No, I'm not complaining. I'm oh, just okay. letting you know. I'm trying to make you feel a little better, man. <laughs> you're fucking whining over here. You're whining over here. You get paid. You get this. You get paid. You make fucking money. Uh, all right, all right, on, all right. Man. You have an awesome fucking career, man. <sighs> I don't like to call anyone the best at anything. Except yourself. You know, no, no, well, that's, I'm the world champion, it's true. <laughs> you know. but, but, but seriously, for political, social commentary, you know, you're the fucking best. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a few guys up there. I'm not gonna say one guy's better than another guy. But you're you're the fucking man. You well, know? thank you and very I much. Tell people that, and I'm and I'm know? very happy that you're doing well, Judah Friedlander, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Worldchampionoftheworld.com. Worldchampionoftheworld.com. Keep it going for these four, and I'm going to bring out Jim David by himself, so you guys can uh, can go back. Don't get lost. Judah Friedlander, Louis Katz, Reverend you, Jen, everybody. Matt McCarthy. Thank you, guys. I'm glad you guys are still here because this next guy is, is, a, is a treat and he's always fucking hilarious and I've known him 25 years. So please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome with me a veteran. Can I call you that? Yeah, sure. All right. Jim David, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm good. That How are you? That was really funny. I, am, I, I can't get Louis's story about the, the movements that he took out of my head. The shitting? The shitting. I cannot, it's like, I can smell it. It's so graphic. D don't you feel like that? See, because I come from a family in North Carolina where all they talked about was their movements. I mean, like my grandparents would say, did you have a movement? Did you have a movement? Have your bowels moved? Have they moved? Did you have a movement? All, uh, that's all they talked about? My f huh? Wait, that's all they talked about? Well, I mean, my grandfather would sit down at the table and he'd say, did you ever have a movement where you know that today's gonna be a better day than yesterday. <laughs> he would. Yeah, and, and so he was talking about this movements, and I'm just like, so, and the stripper thing reminded me of being in Bangkok. Whoa, 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 you, you went to Bangkok? I was in Bangkok, Thailand in April, and I saw a woman shoot ping pong balls out of her pussy. Now, you, you can tell by listen, the way listen, he says listen. pussy that it was not his thing. No, 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 no. It was the closest <laughs> I've been to a pussy in 30 years. But have you, did, did, did you, have you heard of this? I didn't know it was real. Did you know it was real, did though? You know I'd always real? heard of it. 
Did you know it was real? Well, we were in Bangkok, and my friend said, we have to go see the ping pong. Oh, boy. And I said, I don't want to see that. And they said, look, you're in Bangkok. <laughs> if you were in New York, you'd go to the Empire State Building. <laughs> you know, if right, you were it's a exa- perfect were, analogy. If you were in Arizona, you'd go to the Grand Canyon. You're in Bangkok. You have to see the woman shoot ping pong balls out of her so pussy. G- Jim David yes. goes to see a woman. And so we went, and the club looked like this room if there was a fire. I mean, it was with Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the sleaziest fucking place you have ever seen. And I thought, I have just entered Dante's ninth circle of hell. And I go in there the and there's all The ping pong circle. Huh? The ping pong circle. The ping pong circle. And I go in there and there's, I mean, comedians, see, this is what's the funniest thing. Louis reminded me, yeah. we all have some strip club story. Yeah. All comedians, because we go on the road all the time, you know what I mean? And we're always gone. And so there's nothing to do but go to strip clubs or something, you know. I don't go that often. You don't, oh, yeah. But no. I mean, I've been to a couple. And I, well, you've oh, been I, married twice, so, you know. I, I just, I'm, I, it's so hackneyed, but I can't go to strip clubs because I end up believing one of them. <laughs> like I will open my I, I, and, and even though I know it's a hackneyed idea but it always fucking happens I know it's just their job and I, I know that like that if they're good you're supposed to believe them but I really end up sort of like thinking that I've gotten through and that and that that right. I'm wanted and needed by I know, her and you sit there and you go maybe I'm more attractive than I thought sure that yeah, yeah. It's like this is their job. You know what I mean? No, I, but I, I mean, I'm we trying to picture this... you looking at a vagina with a ping pong ball in it. No, but that was that was the climax. That was the, that was the that was the uh, climax of the show. <laughs> the first part of the show was this. Well, see, there were all these Thai girls, and they had bikini bottoms, and they were topless. Yeah. And they were all dancing around and looking at the audience. There were like 20 guys in the audience, you know. Yeah. And then. One of the, then there was one of them who was shaped sort of like a refrigerator. And she had clearly seen better days. And she came out and she put this tube, this, this like, you know, like a, like a blow, a, what do you call it? A, a straw. A, a straw, a big thick straw up her <laughs> pussy. And then they brought out a birthday cake with like eight candles. I swear... Can I just say this? I'm not making this shit up. You always think comedians are making this up. I swear on the lives of everybody in here, as well as all of your children and all of your relatives, that this happened. She went up with the tube and went... and blew out each candle with her pussy. Swear to God. I love that you're telling this story. Then, then she gets another tube and puts puts it up there and they bring out balloons and they give balloons to everybody in the audience and this and she shoots darts out of it and and she had aim i mean she made it you know like the darts went bang you know and the balloons went and then when they brought out the ping pong at this point we were all fucking drunk you know what i mean because they kept serving us drinks that were it's cheap in thailand you ever been sure it's like a dollar a drink. It's uh-huh. really ridiculous. But anyway, so they brought out the ping pong balls and we went, oh, here it goes. But first, they passed out paddles to everybody in the audience. They passed out paddles. Of so course. we all had paddles. So she would put the ping pong ball up her pussy and it was almost like you could hear the drum roll. Even though there wasn't a drum roll, you could hear it. You know what I mean? It was like, Brrr. and then she went out like that. It, that was the noise. Like, right? And then it, and everybody in the audience is sitting there going, ah, ah. I swear to God, this is not a bit from my act. It's totally true. I mean, we're all sitting there like that. Wah, wah. And then, right, she aims one at me. And it ended up hitting me right in the face. And I thought, this is the closest I have been to a vagina in 30 years. But it, it, was, it, was a, it was an amazing and, and horrifying and wow. weird experience. It's and just, I love the way you tell the story because like, I mean, as, as a gay person, yes. do, you know, do, do vaginas do anything for you? No. <laughs> I don't ever think about them. You know what I mean? I don't know. No, they don't. You know, I do the, not, the, they do not. The vaginas do not cross my mind 
at any point during the day. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, well, don't you, don't you sort of think about it? No, never. I don't fucking think about it. And haven't for 30, until I saw this. And, and not only that, here's the funny what thing. What happened 30 years I ago? I was with three, I fucked a woman. <laughs> What do you mean what happened 30 That must have been ago? some bad pussy. No, it was okay, but it was, <laughs> she was, she's still a good friend. Okay. So it was more of an experiment? <laughs> yeah, it was, we were both a little high. And so we did it. And and it was, was like, that well, like? you know. Hmm? It was just sort of like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of like, mm, and it sort of smelled like Oki Finoki smoke. Oh. Oh, shut up. You've heard worse tonight, for God's sake. A guy was talking about his movements, and you're yelling at me for talking about this. And you're still friends? And do you like. Oh, I, uh, she's, a, she's a good friend. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, she's a good friend. And, you just and she give still it a... looks like a million dollars, and she's 60 years old. And she looks like a million. You'd, you would do her. Mm. You would. <laughs> I would do you. Can I just say something? No, but whoa, can whoa, I just whoa. say something? No, no, no. Can I just say something? Yeah. No. I have known Mark for 25 years, and I'm going to seize this opportunity. I have always thought you were hot. Thank you. I have always thought. Isn't he? Because he is. Thank I've you. always thought you were hot. There are not many comedians that I think are hot. And oh. you, you, you are one of them. I, don't know. I mean, you haven't been a masturbation fantasy. Oh, oh so you're no. not joking. You're not John Bon Jovi hot. <laughs> Very it's great to see show. you. Thank you. So you're doing, like, is your one-man show still going on? I've been doing my, I have a one-man show that's a theater piece that I do called South Pathetic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, I've been doing it for 10 years, off and on, in little theaters around the country, wherever I can. Like, you did Jerusalem Syndrome yeah. all over the place, and yeah. this is what I've been doing. And last year, it sort of had its world premiere, like with the press and everything, mm -hmm. in San Francisco mm -hmm. at the New Conservatory Theater. Oh, great. And it was the first time I've ever gotten a lot of reviews. Oh, great. And the reviews I could have written myself. I mean, I, they were really like, oh, my God, really? They get it? Really? It's, what it's about, it's I play myself and 10 characters, and it's about the worst community theater in the South doing a production of Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, my God. Because I come from community theater, you know what I mean? I was yeah. raised, I mean, I, I originally wanted to be an actor before I became a comedian. I mean, when I came to New York, you know, in 1977, I came to New York to be in the theater, and the theater basically said, we don't really see you as an actor, we see you as an usher. Oh. And... So I became a comedian so that I could stay in show business because it wasn't happening, you know, yeah. as an actor. But this is what that's about. And this is about a period in my life where, I mean, because we, we've all gone through dry spells. Sure. You know what I mean? We've sure. all gone through periods where, I mean, Mark and I are very fortunate that we've been able to make our living doing this for a while. One long. way or the other. One way or the other. Yeah. But there was one period in my life where everything was so bad that the only job that I could get was to go to the worst community theater in the South and direct a streetcar named Desire. Is that true? Mm, some of it is. <laughs> it's fictionalized autobiography, but it's based on my experiences doing community theater. And so anyway, but I'm doing it at the New York Fringe Festival in August. Great. You know what that Graduations. is? You know what, sure. You guys know what that is? Yeah. And I, it's, I'm really proud of it, and it's going to be done six performances at the Fringe Festival, and if you want to get tickets, you can go to fringenyc.org. Awesome. Or my website, jimdavid.com. Oh, how the hell do you do, like, when you do, you tour and you play mostly for straight audiences. Yes, I do. And, and you're, you're... They love it. They want to hear this shit. <laughs> They, 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 they never hear this shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so they're like, really? <laughs> you know, they, they like it. That's fucking great. I'm the, non I'm the gay uncle that everybody has. You know what I mean? So I'm like non-threatening. You know what I mean? And if I was young and hot and like really cute and like was threatening to take away your son, I think they wouldn't like me. But because I'm this middle-aged guy that looks like Mr. Furley from Three's Company. <laughs> But you're I, also I, fucking. You, you're 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 like you really are a pro though. I mean, you've always you've never taken any shit from anybody. No. You've always fucking delivered the goods. Mm. You've you schooled me once. How? I, I don't remember. What? We, yep, we were online at a show at PS uh, PS one twenty two, and I said something like, you know, why don't you you know uh, why don't you act uh, gay? You know, I said why don't you gay it up or something? And you said, would you if Chris Rock? Do you remember you said to me you got mad at me? I did get mad at That's you. That's right. That's I haven't thought about that since it happened. Right. 
Like, wow, what did I do? What did I say? Well, I had made some sort of like you were talking about doing something. I made some sort of like reference to sort of like, well, maybe you ought to gay it up. You, you know, to, made some tacky little fucking reference and I just put you in your fucking place. That's right. And yeah. I don't remember what it was because I, I didn't lose any sleep over it. And the, then you yeah. came up and apologized to me. Well, I felt bad. You, yeah, of course. I, you you should have felt bad. Because you said some dumb straight guy thing. Then all you guys think is like, hey, this guy's gay, so I think I'll make a fucking gay joke. You know, and, and we're like, we didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I literally don't even think. I mean, I have been with my partner for 22 years, and I don't think about gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like he's just there. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, he's just there. Then all of a sudden, some asshole like you brings up a comment. You know, they bring up something, and I'm like, really? I'm gay? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. No, really, I had I had not thought about that. Uh, okay, that. that's hilarious. Yeah, I had not thought about that. No, no, I, but I just was thanking you for setting me straight. Really? Yeah, I set you straight. Did I yeah. really? Yeah. I had an effect on you. Yeah, I apologize. I felt bad. No, because your well, example you know was your example was if if I were Chris Rock, would you use black in the same that's way you do? That's right. That's what I said. I said if I was Chris <laughs> come on, Rock, Grandpa, you good for you. A, you wouldn't have done a black comment. Right. That's right, and you wouldn't have. Right. That's right. That's why I was schooled and I learned my lesson. There you go. I've never done it again. You know what that comes from? When I first lived in New York, I came to New York in 1977. That's 33 years ago. Yeah. And I remember that I would walk around the village and stuff, and people would say things to me just because I was in the neighborhood. Right. You know what I mean? And they yeah. were tourists, and people would say, hey, look, there's the faggot, and there's the this and that and the other thing. And I adopted a persona at the time. This is, I've never told you this. I adopted this sort of Jersey Shore persona. <laughs> so that whenever somebody made like an anti-gay comment to me, I would turn around and go, hey, what the fuck you looking at, motherfucker? <laughs> like that. I would. I would. And they would be like, oh, you know. Sorry. <laughs> and so they would turn around and they would turn and they'd go, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, and they'd go, hey, get the fuck out of here. This in your fucking neighborhood. You got the wrong fucking faggot. <laughs> Jim David, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, how, Mark Marin, everybody. That's our Mark show. Maron. Kick on the music. Keep it going for Matt McCarthy, Reverend Jen, Jim David, Louis Katz, Judah Friedlander. Go to WTFPod.com. Thank you so much for coming, you guys. I really do appreciate your support. Good night. <laughs>